Our reading in the New Testament will come from the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. There is so much going on in this book. It talks about Ephesus. It was the capital of Asia Minor, a center of land and sea trade, and along with Alexandria and Antioch in Syria, one of the three most influential cities in the eastern part of the Roman Empire. The temple to Artemis, one of the ancient wonders of the world, was located in this city, and a major industry was the manufacture of images of this goddess that we'll read about. Well, Paul ministered in Ephesus for three years and warned the Ephesians that false teachers would come and try to draw people away from the faith. False teachers did indeed cause problems in the Ephesian church, but the church resisted them, as we can see from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Well, John spent much of his ministry in this city and knew that they had resisted false teaching. Now, the one who, quote, walks among the seven gold lampstands, end quote, the seven churches, that is, is Jesus. He holds the seven stars in his right hand. That's the messengers of the churches, indicating his power and authority over the churches and their leaders. Ephesus had become a large, proud church. And Jesus' message would remind them that he alone is the head of the body of believers. Does God care about your church? If you're tempted to doubt it, look more closely at these seven letters. The Lord of the universe knew each of these churches and its precise situation. Now, in each letter, Jesus told John to write about specific people and places and events. He praised believers for their successes and told them how to correct their failures. Just as Jesus cared for each of these churches, He cares for yours. He wants it to reach its greatest potential. The group of believers with whom you worship and serve is God's vehicle for changing the world. So take it seriously, because God does. Over a long period of time, the church in Ephesus had steadfastly refused to tolerate sin among its members. This was not easy in a city noted for immoral sexual practices associated with uh, the worship of the goddess Artemis. We also are living in times of widespread sin and sexual immorality. It's popular to be open-minded toward many types of sin, calling them you know, personal choices or even alternative lifestyles. But when the body of believers begins to tolerate sin in the church, it's lowering the standards and compromising the church's witness. Remember that God's approval is infinitely more important than the world's. Use God's Word, not what people around you are willing to accept, to set the standards for what is right and wrong. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. December 10th, the New Testament, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. 
turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not, because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for ten days. But if you remain faithful even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Pergamum. This is the message from the one with the sharp two-edged sword. I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne, yet you have remained loyal to me. You refused to deny me, even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. But I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans among you who follow the same teaching. Repent of your sin, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Psalm 129, verses 1 through 8. The people of Israel were persecuted from their earliest days, but never destroyed completely, nor will they ever be. The same is true of the church. Christians have faced times of severe persecution, but the church has never been destroyed. As Jesus said to Peter, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. When you face persecution and discrimination, take courage. The church will never be destroyed. And in verse 3, which we'll read here today, uh, this verse foreshadowed Jesus' unjust punishment before His death. He endured horrible lashes from the whip of His tormentors, which indeed made furrows on His back. You'll see what I mean as uh, we begin reading in this psalm here today. Psalm 129, verses 1-8 through 8. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. From my earliest youth my enemies have persecuted me. 
Let all Israel repeat this. From my earliest youth my enemies have persecuted me, but they have never defeated me. My back is covered with cuts, as if a farmer had plowed long furrows. But the Lord is good. He has cut me free from the ropes of the ungodly. May all who hate Jerusalem be turned back in shameful defeat. May they be as useless as grass on a rooftop, turning yellow when only half-grown, ignored by the harvester, despised by the binder. And may those who pass by refuse to give them this blessing. The Lord bless you. We bless you in the Lord's name. Proverbs chapter 29, verses 19 and 20. Words alone will not discipline a servant. The words may be understood, but they are not heeded. There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking.